Did you know that dog moms and not just dog moms, all pet parents play a crucial role in training and socializing their dogs? That's right. It's your world too. You work hard and dedicate so much time and effort to teach dogs basic commands, good manners, and proper behavior. It's an everyday effort. Dog moms create a positive and structured learning environment, and your dog dads too, helping their dogs become well-adjusted members of the canine community. We work so hard on a daily to give our dogs the best life, but we do ask that they are good boys and good girls too. Right, Amber? (laughs) That's right. I mean, socialization is a huge part of owning a dog, and I'm sure anyone who has a dog knows. Sometimes my dogs are a little bit more social than me, so maybe I should take take some socialization classes as well. All right. Well, let's get to the episode. Welcome, everyone, to The Dog Moms. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a very special episode for you because we're going to interview Maddie Johnson. Now, Amber, you know Maddie. I'm excited to learn more about her. I only met her briefly before. So tell me more about this amazing person. Okay, everyone, you all are going to love Maddie. She is one of these people who has the biggest heart in the entire world. She not only rescues fosters, everything, dogs, puppies, but she also has an entire farmily is what she calls it, where she started this journey with a pig and now she's rescuing alpacas, llamas. She has chickens. I mean, you name it. And she rescues them and educates people all about different types of animals. And it's really, really cool. She is such an inspiration. And I'm so excited to interview her because she's not only an inspiration, but she's also a great friend. So I'm excited to bring her on the show. You guys can find Maddie on Instagram. It's living with pickles. Pickles is one of her pigs. And she's got a website as well. And she just does amazing work. And it's really cool because as I see more about her here, she has a beautiful website and says she's very passionate about animal welfare, but my gosh, she has quite the repertoire of credits here. She's appeared on Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Dodo, Animal Planet. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on and on. I think we just need to get her on. (laughs) She's the author of the book, Living with Pickles. So you can find her on Instagram there too. How to start a family and rescue animals. So it sounds like she's not just going to be one type of animal here. It sounds like we have a zoo coming in. She's not just a dog mom. She's a pig, alpaca, everything mom. (laughs) Wow. She's not kidding when she says farmily, which is a fun play on word. Yeah. So I'm super excited to get to the interview. And don't forget, guys, that you can ask us questions. You can send us a little voicemail. If you go to dogtv.com slash the dog moms, we would love to hear from you. So go there, check that out. Leave us a question because at the end of the show, we'll be answering your questions. And I've got something cool to share with you all today. I actually have a pretty neat little story and I'm excited because I just did it last night. Um, You know, I have a three-year-old border collie named Darby and this is kind of part of the show where we get to share a little bit about our life and kind of what's going on in our world with our dogs. And I have a unique story that I wanted to share with Amber and also share with all of you because I found this to be like a really cool reminder to like try new things with your dogs and to try stuff you've never done before. So long story short is that Darby had a spot on a very um, cool movie that's going to be coming out and he had to tug a pant leg from an actor and it had to be pretty um, vicious and it had to be pretty repetitive. If one thing you know about TV and set work with animals is they're going to ask you to do things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So one take turns into 20 takes, right? Amber's (laughs) been there before. Um, And so, you know, this was a challenging one for him. He had to target a spot on a leg and tug the pants over and over and over again. Mind you, this person is a stranger. And I was going to say, Chrissy, like that can be intimidating for a dog to do because we've taught them from puppies. You don't bite. You don't grab our stuff. You don't grab my clothes. You don't bite me. So that could be hard for your dog to go like all of a sudden I have to go and grab something that I'm not supposed to. Or they play really rough with you, but they're not going to be the same with somebody else. Right? Because they they know the outlet. They know the boundaries with you. But somebody else are like – But then a stranger, like, wait, am I supposed to be doing this? And he kind of did have that. And, you know, one thing I asked was that we got a lot of rehearsal time, which if you can understand on film life, that doesn't always happen. And so we didn't really get the time that I wish we had to sort of prepare. And so I really had to put trust in our system of what he does know and send him into the scene uh, and see, you know, how he was feeling about it. And then, you know, hopefully we could film based on, Mike's like what I was reading with his body language and his energy Mm. and he did he did great but the part that fell apart which I think that a lot of dogs would is 
you know, if the actor had dialogue that was like, hey, get off. What are you doing? Right. And yeah, you know, he's probably like, I'm sorry. He, <laughs> if you guys would, have he, not met Darby, yeah. he's like a big softy. But he's a, a tough boy, but he's a softy. He's tough so, and yeah. a softy. <laughs> but he's like, he really means well, but he's he's got a punch. So, um, yeah, he would look at him like, oops, I'm so sorry. And so yeah. we, we – we got, we got, we wanted, he definitely went back. He, we did it with dialogue, but if there's something that you learn is that, you know, that's good homework. That's something mm-hmm. I need to work on. And so he gave me what we needed. They were thrilled. They got everything they wanted. And in fact, Darby shred the pants almost off of the actor, which is, <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I came home and I talked to my good friend and I said, you know, you do bite work. Right. And so that, that's mm-hmm. a, that's, that's protection work with your dogs, but they do something, you know, like, um, competitive wise. It's not just like, I want him to get the bad guy. There's a whole competition world that focuses on this type of work. Right. And but like, it's usually like German shepherds and yeah, Belgian oh, yeah. you don't usually, you don't usually see these like blue a wriggly, border collies. A wriggly border <laughs> collie coming in. But I said, yeah. you know, I really want to proof him on this behavior. I want him to learn that he can go and do this type of like safe bite in a controlled environment with a, with professional people and, and be praised for that. And, and, learn that this is a good thing when, when it's appropriate and Mm -hmm. to also kind of desensitize some sound. And so we got to work on it uh, a couple sessions, but then I jumped into um, a little bit of a bike club last night, which was so fun. That's so fun. It was Malinois, Dobermans, all these fancy Belgian this and that's, and then Darby. Yeah, that's so fun. (laughs) But he was great. He was punchy. You know, we found a little hole in the system. They helped to fix it. And by the end, he was hanging on while she's going, hey, hey, you know, all this yelling. And he's like, oh, this is fun. Like he learned. And to be honest, like, I'm so glad I took him instead of just ending there. I'm so glad I was like, let's try something new and let's try something different. And of course, like make it manageable. They knew what I had been through. And so they made it very manageable for him. They didn't expect him to be some rough and tumble dog, but we worked with what he was giving us and we were able to achieve some huge wins last night where he was like, Oh, this is, I can continue to do the job I've been asked while there's this shouting dialogue around me. Cause let's face it. Some dogs hear that and they're like, "Uh Oh, something's happening. I need to stop. Yeah. Right. So he did great there. I'm so proud of him. Um, I just feel, you know, I don't know if I would have done that in a a different life. I don't know if I would have been like, let's try the, this new scary sport that I think, you know, might be a little scary for my dog. No, he actually like, they were wonderful in how they introduced it. He had a fantastic time. And now I might actually go down the path of trying to do more. Well, it's like, kind of, it's something that like, I think everyone can think about and take is like, you know, if you want to try something, go out of your comfort zone, find the people that are willing to support you doing that and to help you along the way. And professionals. Finding those people, yeah. Finding those people who know what they're doing and they can adjust things for your dog is something great too, because your dog's going to learn so different than the other dogs, especially if you have yeah. a border collie versus a German shepherd. Right. And so, he loved it. He was so sassy and he would be grunting and trying to grab oh the sleeve. And being, I need videos it, of this. Oh my gosh. It's, every time he brought the sleeve back, because I guess that's part of the reward process is he brings the sleeve back to that that person to like mm. continue play. It's all about play for the dog. They think it's just a big play. Yeah. And he would like, he'd go, rah, 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 and he'd like, you know, shake it. And it was just like, I was seeing Darby in his element. That's, that was his happiest moments, like was just being able to play the whole time. And that's how he saw it which was great. So, and that, that reminds me of you, Amber, like you've taken your dog and you've done like scent work. You know, you found something that fits your dog as they get older. It's not always like, yeah. I want my dog to do more, but sometimes it's, let me try something new because my dog is changing. Right. And you, you know? might see that it's actually what your dog is just made for in that moment. So that's really yeah. fun, Chrissy. I'm so glad that you tried it. I want to try it, but I don't think my dogs are as, uh, I think like, whiskey I could do it. I don't know if they're as gritty as Darby. Whiskey would probably oh, like it, but, uh, yeah, maybe we'll come would. with you next time and see if she can keep up with Darby. That sounds it was like really, really fun. fun. Well, we do have an awesome interview to get to, and I'm so excited to talk to Maddie. So let's jump over to that interview and chat with her. Okay. Hi, Maddie. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. We are so excited. I mean, I'm really excited. I know Chris is excited too. I am too. I have a lot of questions. I'm so excited for you to be here. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be here too. Thank you for having me. Okay. So like we also, we just need to start off with how, how many, who, and what you have 
in your house right now. That's what we're going to start off with. <laughs> I always have to do a quick count. You're like, wait a second. Let me think. Who do I actually yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see. I have, so I always have my usual farmily, which are the yeah. two pigs. I've got Pickles and Peter. And then I've got two little gargoyle gremlins. They're Frenchies. Um, and then <laughs> oh, a yeah. senior golden retriever. And then I've got a llama, Arnold. Um, and then I have... Uh, one foster puppy and then one little neonate baby puppy that I just got yesterday. I was gonna so, say wow. I'm not. I didn't know about the neonate. My gosh, you yeah. keep that's all round the clock care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, started by look like this. <laughs> no, you look. You look, you look amazing. For I look the like I have. have. I look like I have a neonate puppy in my house and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. That's uh, quite impressive. That's just what you have right now. But I know that you've rescued a lot of animals. And so I know you were like on a mission or something like that to rescue, was it a hundred animals? Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about that? Oh yeah. I just wanted to challenge myself and see see how much chaos I could handle. (laughs) Don't we all? No, so I wanted to do a hundred rescues in a year. So yeah, so I brought a hundred animals into my home over the course of the year, did their rehabilitation and then adopted them out. Um and just sort of used my social media platform to find them all loving forever homes. And yeah, it was quite a quite a Do you work a lot on donations? Is that because there's a lot of care that comes with these animals and I think we can all agree that like taking your dog or pet to the vet is like no easy trip as it used to be like twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah, no, it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, donations. <laughs> yeah, wow. well, that's good to know. And so Living with Pickles is somewhere you can go on Instagram, obviously, to follow. But from there, you probably have links where people can help out and things like that as well. Totally, yeah. That's great. That's good page, to know. Which is great. And, and yeah. you don't just rescue dogs. I mean, obviously, dog TV. But I think that if anyone – if anyone is interested in this podcast and uh, listening, I'm sure that they are not just dog lovers, but animal lovers too, which is why I thought it'd be really cool to have you on the podcast. But can you kind of like give us an array of all the types of animals that you have rescued, rehabilitated, fostered, all of that? Yeah, I've done. Oh, gosh, I've done uh, <laughs> llamas, donkeys, rabbits. I did a baby water buffalo, what? Um, lots of piglets. Uh, puppies, kittens, dogs, dogs with behavioral problems, uh, medical cases, dogs that need surgery. Uh, it's sort of, it's just, I just go wherever the need is. So if yeah, the need yeah. that week happens to be a baby water buffalo, then right. okay, it can come live with me for a while. You know, what do you have a specific background? You know, when I like I'm having an equine background, so horses, but like there's a lot of specific care you need to know about each animal that you bring into your home, like diet they can and can't have, how you're going to make sure that you're giving them enough nutrients, the certain hay you feed. Like, do you consult people? Do you have a background in this? Like, tell us more about how you feel prepared bringing in a small animal that you may not have had before. Yeah. I mean, now I've been doing it for enough years where I just, it's sort of just all through experience. And then I have really great mentors. So I have my go-tos for like, you know, any category of animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I work very closely with UC Davis. They have an amazing livestock department. So um, they're one of the best in the world for livestock veterinary care. So yeah. But the well, one thing I don't do is equine. So got it. Oh, wow. oh well, okay. <laughs> so Send them my way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that's, that's a testament into not just rescuing animals, but being educated, being an educated owner. Like that's something that you take on as well as keeping each animal thriving so that you can adopt them out is that that's a lot of work. Are you a one man band or do you have a team? No, it's just me, but wow. it's also important to know what you don't know. Right. So anytime right. I have doubt or whatever, I just, I've got great resources, so I'm not afraid to reach out and to use them. Yeah. That's incredible. So I know that you must've started somewhere and I would love for our listeners to hear your story of kind of how this all started. And I know that it's inspired by a special, a special little somebody. So can you tell us like how you got started in rescuing animals and kind of what inspired this whole entire journey of being this incredible rescue person? Yeah, it's a great story. It's a little it long. Is. Are you guys ready? <laughs> we are so ready let's, for it. Let's okay. dive in. Buckle in, but it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, it, well, it's, it's, a, start- it's a tear worthy one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so essentially, I was just I was sort of in a transitory po- point in my life, not really sure um, what I wanted to do career wise. I had a background in production, film production, and marketing, and I was um, in between jobs, taking a break, and I just so happened to have rescued pickles, my little pig, at that time. 
He was really small, rescued him off of a flooded farm during the El Nino flash floods. This woman's barn had been completely destroyed and she needed to rehome her animals. They were all sort of sitting in, you know, sitting in, in soot and wet and they were all getting wow. sick. And so, yeah, so I, I rescued him and he, um, he was very sick. He had, um, ingested rat poison and was bleeding wow. out internally. And so I rushed him to UC Davis, not knowing what was wrong with him. And then they told us that he had six hours left to live um, and that he was bleeding out internally. And so I desperate. And to- how, how big was he? Like he must have been oh, really guys, he was tiny. tiny. He was so small. Oh, yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could, you could fit him in, in the palm of your hand. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or two hands, two hands. Um, but but yeah, he, he, you know, so I think one of the things that I am naturally good at that makes me really good at rescue is I'm very calm in crises situations. Mm -hmm. So I'm very good at managing and handling chaos. Um, and so anyways, of course, desperate to save him, I sort of just suggested, Hey, you know, if I can bring you a pig within six, six hours, could you do a blood transfusion? Um, is that something you're willing to try? And they were like, you know, sure, we've never done that, but but we'll we'll try it. Right. So, well, with um, a pig, I imagine it's like, you know, with your dog, a lot of times these hospitals and these veterinary hospitals, they have like blood banks and they have donors. But or even with blood pig, types, like uh, how do you right. know? Do they have blood types in pig? Are there different Absolutely. types? Absolutely. And so that's actually oh one of the challenges with livestock medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, people place a greater value on equine, equine medicine, dogs right. and cats. People aren't really willing to necessarily go the extra mile expenditure. Go to those lengths that you are for, for animals. Yeah. Yeah. Because animals are more used as a commodity. So once the medical care gets past the price, they would sell a pig for it's pork. It's dispensable, you know? right? Yeah, they'll, they'll just choose humane euthanasia. So they haven't really been able to push the same boundaries they've been able to push with dogs, cats, and equine, which is why we actually have a really good working relationship because they are a research institute and they're able to mm. try new things and push boundaries. And so this was actually a case that they published and highlighted, but which sort of spoils the story here. But wow. <laughs> I, I found a... Um, I, I I found a well. I called the woman who who had that f- flooded farm because she had saved a, or kept a couple of her pigs. Begged her. She threw a pig in the backseat of her car. Rushed wow. it to see it. Turned out her pig was pregnant, ineligible oh. to be a blood donor. She had no idea it was pregnant. So I was like, oh man. You're probably like looking at the clock, like, okay, I only have this yeah. much time. Like, I need stressful. to do this now. Oh my gosh. And and the vet was like, you know, Maddie, to be honest, he needs so much blood. The bigger the pig, the better. When uh. she said that, she was referring to pot belly pig. I thought that uh. meant a commercial livestock sow. Yeah, like the hogs. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, like a full on hog. Oh, so I my gosh. You're referring to like pet size pig, and you're like, I'm gonna no. get the biggest I was pig. Like, I, I just heard oh pig. Gosh. So I was like, I'll deliver. So the- I Bigger the better, let's do this. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not messing around. So I went on Craigslist and I found a butcher who was selling his 450-pound pig. Wow. And so I called him assuming he was not going to let me do this. But, you know, I called him. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Um, I was wondering if I could just borrow your pig for just a little procedure. Just just want some pig blood. They're probably like, who is this chick? I promise I'll give her back, you know, Um, it'll be fine. And, and, you know, he, it was an amazing, incredible human moment because he empathized with me because he had lost his dog to rat poison. Oh, oh my gosh. my gosh. What are the chances? Yeah. And wow. he was like, you know, my dog was my best friend. If I could have done anything to save him, I would have. And, oh. and you know, that's the problem with rat poison. The neighbor had put it out in the yard and the dog mm-hmm. had gotten into it. Sure. And so, so anyways, so he was like, I'll let you borrow her. Um, but then he was like, wow. only problem is my neighbor how took my trailer you? and I don't know where my neighbor is. or <laughs> How do you, is. how do you borrow a pig <laughs> of that size? And, and I was really, I was like, will she fit in the backseat of my Lexus SUV? And he was like, oh, honey, she wow. ain't gonna fit in your Lexus. <laughs> I like the accent too. <laughs> Just oh no, honey. Oh no. <laughs> so, um. So I was like, okay, I have the pig, but I don't have the means of transport. And then I actually, so I went back on Craigslist and I started searching for horse trailer transporters, yeah. haulers. Wow. Okay, Dogs. Maddie, before you continue, can I just ask like like the timing of this? Because oh, you said okay. you had six hours. Yeah, we were on to like hour four and a half, five. Wow. Wow. So you're just like scrambling last minute. You found the pig. Now you have to find out how to actually 
move the pig. You're not no. kidding. I know. It was very wow. stressful. You don't just call an Uber. You need to like, you know, there's no, a No, you whole can't fit it here. in your Lexus. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I would have, guys. I would have done it. Oh, my God. Yeah. that body of that car into that parking lot. Oh yeah. Um, so anyways, I got so lucky. So I called this, the first number that, that seemed like a good fit, he answered and bless this man's heart. Okay. He was fully packed up in his car with his wife in the front seat, his two kids in the back seat, ready to go on a trip to Disneyland. Oh, They're about stop. to leave on a road trip. And I just hear the little kids in the back seat be like, daddy, we have to save pickles. Oh, and, um, my my pick. Yeah. And, and he was like, all right, we'll do it. So they went out and they they loaded her up, the whole family. Oh my they rushed her to Davis. And at this time, we were an hour over our estimated time limit. But she oh, ended wow. up saving his life. Um, wow. And the blood transfusion was a success. Apparently, pigs have two two blood types. We didn't. I didn't know that at the time. I just got you lucky. got lucky. Wow! How terrifying. That's I know. Oh yeah. And so, anyway, so 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 I just ended up. I mean, I was. She was in the stall right next to him. His name was Pickles. Her name was Tickles. I was feeding her raspberries out of the palm of my hand and she was so magnificent and gentle and sweet. And I was just like, oh my gosh, she just saved his life. I have to save her life. I can't let her go to the water now. I just felt this intense emotional attachment to an animal who, yeah, I just, it sort of changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, You're not kidding. And I know because I sort of just saw like this. Yeah. And I just think about where that pig may have ended up. If you didn't take. Totally. And I sort of had this existential crisis where I was like, oh my gosh, how come his life is more valued, quote unquote, than her life? Or, you know, like Mm -hmm. who's to say it, it, it just sort of got the wheels turning for me for the first time. Um, and so I ended up making the weirdest purchase I've ever made. And I bought myself a 450-pound pig. Oh my oh my <laughs> and um, But you know, you guys, what was crazy was that so I just, because I was just an anxious mom wreck, and I'm sure you could relate if this yeah, was going with all the time. one of your dogs, but to keep myself sane, I just sort of started sharing all of this as it was happening on social yeah. media. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, you know, a film editor, so I was just editing footage and put compiling the story together and just sort of as a way to, to like process, you know, it's a way to get it out there and and keep myself busy, honestly. And so, but people from all over the world started following and becoming invested in all of this Mm. and were willing to help me Mm. find a sanctuary that would take a now thousand pound pig. She's grown. And and so I had hundreds of people calling sanctuaries. And and for the first time, it was like just having support on such a scale like that was something that I'd never experienced before. And having so many people connect over over, you know, him and her and was really this very beautiful thing. And so um, I noted that and then eventually found a home for her. Um, This was before I really had, this was the start of all my rescue stuff. So it was the first time I'd ever- And it's a medical breakthrough. Loaded a pig, you know, brought her to this forever sanctuary and it was so cute. I brought pickles too and they like kissed each other and I made them- Each um, salads, like he had a mini oh. salad and he had a gigantic version of his, but all the it's same. It's amazing that they were able to be so together. Cute. Wow. And so anyway, so I was like, you know what? It was so sweet. This was such a great um, uh, concept for a children's book. So I decided to write and publish a, a children's book. And again, I, I just said, hey, does anyone know anyone in publishing? And right. within an, an hour, I got an email in my inbox from the senior editor, Simon Schuster's Children's Imprint, which is a huge publishing house. Sure. Like, you know, I, I love, I would Let's love to do, do this. this. Yeah. And so when it came time to, to publish it, you know, and I found out they were going to fly us out to do the Today Show and Good Morning America and with <laughs> Pickles too and all That's of these so things. Fun. I was thinking, How big you know, was Pickles I'm, at this point? He was still quite small. Still yeah. small. Got it. Very small. Yeah, you could small enough where you could fly him at the you know at my like feet, in a little carry you know, bag. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so um, when it came time to, and I found out we were going to do all that, I was like, you know, and this is the craziest part of the story. I was like, I'm going to reach out to the butcher and just see if he wants me to send him a copy of the book. Maybe he'll just think it's cool uh, what's happened, right, you know, right. to his pig. <laughs> and so I called him and he was like, you know, Maddie, I. Um, 
I've been looking for your number for a year now. I oh, wow. I just have to tell you, I was so touched by how much you cared about your little pig and my big pig that I've since quit my butchering business and what? I retired all of my animals to live on my oh. farm as my family and I've started a dog rescue in your oh honor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't. I'm like tearing up. Like oh a my Hallmark gosh. movie. I'm going to lose it. Is it Christmas time? Where's my boyfriend <laughs> who's going to walk through the door? Oh my love my of my life is about to enter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that just incredible? That's unreal. That, so I mean, that you were absolutely called. You had that feeling in the right moment at the right time. It was all supposed to happen the way it did. It was, And you were yeah. absolutely the person to be touched to make these moves, to impact these people and these animals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm tearing up because it's just like, it's just really cool to see. And you know, this is why I really wanted to have you on this podcast because, you know, it's not just about dogs. It's not just about pigs. It's, it's about the like love and care that we have for what we can do for them and like how that can completely change us as people. And then that impact not only on us personally, but to the other people around you. Like I'm sure that you would have never thought in a million years that you would go buy a pig, you know, and then you buying that pig would change that person's life, which is then changing you know, all those animals' lives that are now living in sanctuaries. And then now he started a dog rescue and he's like changing the lives of all those dogs and all of those people. It's just like a ripple effect that it's so this one tiny little thing that in that moment you probably thought was the worst thing ever and the scariest thing ever. And like, look what came of that really difficult time. It's just... I can't handle and, and with, and with, <laughs> and with handle no, it. you know, with no goal of like, I'm going to make a story out of this one, you yeah. know, like with yeah. no, there was nothing there behind that other than like, I want to just try to help this animal. And you offered some pretty like a medical breakthrough. I'm sure they were at UC Davis for like, that's amazing. We just learned so much about what we can do for more animals. Yeah, totally. They published a research study on it and they were able to, and they started to use, they used new drugs that they hadn't used before for mm-hmm. him and his recovery. So no, it was it was wonderful. And also just to see, you know, social media, you're able to amplify things on such a scale and, and touch people that, you know, I, I had no idea that so many people would be impacted by right. um, just the stories, the rescue stories of the animals that come along. I know not everybody can do what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's really you know, special. These animals in their home and it's a lot of time, effort, money, you know, but, wow. um, but to be able to share that and then spread the love and the positivity and um, I think is, is really beautiful. So I just sort of decide, decided at that, that point that, you know, there was something there and Mm -hmm. I've always had a gift for storytelling and and a huge draw towards animals. Um, And so I sort of married those two things and just decided to lean into sharing my rescue work online and try to help as many animals that I could. Um, And then just be like a little pocket of positivity on the internet. And and you absolutely (laughs) are. And and it proves the show and your following and your content. I mean, is this now a full-time job for you? Has this become your full-time career? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Wow. It's amazing. I, so, yeah. I sort of was like, you know, I, um, how can I really give everything to, to rescue? How can I do that? It's not, it doesn't, you don't make money doing that. So, yeah, you, know, absolutely. Yeah, not figure out, you know, I didn't actually want to be entirely reliant on donations. There are certainly off cases that I will take on because I have the donations, because I have a Patreon. So I know what I can afford to do, but just my day-to-day stuff. I mean, it's all so expensive. So I was sort of just like, how can I become self-sufficient? Yeah. Yeah. And so I sort of looked at, at the time, these beauty bloggers and beauty influencers, makeup tutorials. How are they doing it? These mm-hmm. yeah, beauty influencers. And I was sort of like, well, wait a minute. They're just sharing their lives and their knowledge online and they're able to monetize it. Can't we just take that same model? And it's all just socially driven towards rescuing animals, but mm-hmm. sort of mirror that and, yeah. and lean into that. And so, yes, it, was, it took a few years to be able to yeah build a big following and and have that sustain right yeah um but then now i you know i'm able to do yeah the children's books and commercials licensing deals um merchandising sponsored content that sort of stuff just amazing and with that you're constantly impacting people and animals around you like that's the beauty of it is like your the mission of behind why this even began has is still running strong and true 
<laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it seems to be that way. I would say, I would say so. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's really cool because you're not just rescuing animals yourself, but I think that you are an inspiration, not, not just like a cool story, but you're like an inspiration to people everywhere that, you know, if you have like those intentions to rescue an animal or to just be involved in, in some sort of you know, advocacy for animals. It's not just about that one animal. It also makes an impact on other people around you, which you're a living testament to. But I know that you're probably a huge inspiration for a lot of people, but they probably think what you're doing is unattainable. Um, but it didn't just start there for you. So if if someone wanted to, I guess, they were inspired by what you're doing and they wanted to try and make more of an impact themselves or get more involved in rescue, do you have like advice for someone because I'm sure a lot of people look at what you do and be like, oh, I wish that I could be. Or I could, I could go pick up a dog yeah. from the shelter and do the same thing. But like, what would be what would be some oh, yeah, you know, you pros and cons? Can. You can lay yeah, you're like, yes, yeah. go get the dog. It's, not, it's really not that hard. And and I always tell people like, I, I, I want to reinforce the fact that like, I didn't have any standard schooling. I didn't, I don't yeah. have a vet tech license. Or a I ton of capital. This. Like people probably think I need to have a lot of money in order to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a matter of, first of all, Number one, it's it, go through a rescue group and become mm-hmm. a foster. If you if you go directly through the shelter, they don't give you the resources that a That's rescue would. So a lot of the times, if you you just start with fostering and go through a rescue group, they'll a lot of the times you can ask them. They'll give you the food that you need, the potty pads, the crate, the toys. They'll take care of all the medical. They'll arrange the vet, the vet and the spays for you. I mean now. I sort of do all of this on my own, but I, I started yeah. out that way. Um, and so now, and, and now I, I'm able to kind of front a lot of those, those costs or have other people foster mm-hmm. for me and that sort of thing. Um, but that's how I, I would start. And then the other thing is just knowing what your limitations are. And mm-hmm. I think in rescue, in order to be, be doing this for years and years, you have to, have an incredibly open heart and it's yeah. a lot of patience and, and y- you know, you see a lot of, of difficult things to being in rescue. Um, but you also have to not be so open hearted in that you can't say no. So you need to right. know what your limitations are. Um, and there are so many people, you know, what's funny is I did not realize this until I started, um, becoming immersed in rescue. But a lot of people will be surprised to know that hoarding cases are oftentimes mm-hmm. people who actually wanted to start a rescue. Uh-huh. Or a yeah. They had good intentions and then they just got, it got yeah. out of hand. And the best they of them. love animals and they love animals and they want to take them on. Let them they go. don't have the financial yeah. means to spay and neuter. They don't right. have the, they're strapped too thin. They take on too much and then it gets out of control and then they become part of the problem. Hmm. So it's like, you have to have such an open heart, but you also have to say no and know your limitations. And for me, yeah. the biggest challenge is as I get bigger and bigger and bigger and grow this platform and have more followers and people that reach out to me to rescue, I'm going to have to say, everyone's probably like, Hey, can you help this animal? Hey, can you help this animal? And you're like, okay, no way more often. And that's a little heartbreaking. So you have to know, you have to stay grounded in that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think my biggest piece of advice is, yeah, just to start fostering, start through a rescue group. Um, I think that's even more or, or volunteer at a shelter. If you can't personally take animals into your home, say you live in an apartment, um, you can become a shelter volunteer. They always need volunteers. Um, and then, yeah, the more you start rescuing, just make sure you keep check on your mental health. And yeah. Um, Have you ever had a situation where you weren't able to adopt out a certain animal or pet or, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to adopt a water buffalo to just anybody, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not just going to send that to like the little kid who wants the puppy. But um, I mean, like, is there a situation where you are maxed out and it's taking a long time for said animal to find a home. Do you have someone who can foster from you? Or do you like, do you have, do you, you know, those, have all really, of your animals? Is that how you are, have all are, of your animals? <laughs> I mean, that's a tough decision. I mean, it's a really yeah, tough spot yeah. to be in if you're like, I'm maxed out, but I also am having a hard time placing said animal. Well, you know, Chrissy, that's actually such a good question. And the honest answer is, if an animal is giving me so much trouble, mm. I actually don't think 
I can put it onto someone else. Of course. Yeah, I give other people the easier fosters because I also right. want them to be a good experience for them and I want yeah. them to keep fostering and coming back. So that's what's hard is like if I get a dog that's like incessantly barking, that's cannot, that's taking so long to decompress from the shelter, mm-hmm. that's chewing, that's destroying the There, could be, there yeah. could be neurological issues there that you can't get past. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, a lot of, I've never had a case so bad where I haven't been able to adopt out the animal. Um, but it's gotten close where yeah. I, my patience has really been tested. Emotions have been tested. Feel like I've tried the gamut of everything like medically as well. Um, I have a great, uh, trainer who's, who I consult with, um, just in terms of beha- dog behavioral psychology and training, she's fantastic. But there have been a couple of very close cases. Um, mm. But fortunately, I've never had an animal so bad that it wasn't adoptable. That's wonderful. Um, and you probably do a yeah. good thorough process of making sure whoever is adopting that said dog or animal, they have an understanding or they're maybe more experienced to take in an animal like that. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was one dog who took a very long time to adopt out and she found, Mm -hmm. finally found like the perfect person for her. But I also definitely bit the bullet and like shelled out a lot of money to be like, Ah. here's my trainer. Here's, you know, that that goes to show like having those like experts and those people that you can consult, like you mentioned, UC Davis and having your trainer so that it's not all falling on your shoulders because I'm sure like the mental load and emotional load that takes on you is really difficult. So um, I guess I I have a follow-up question. If it's too deep, let me know. But um, how do you, as, you know, a dog owner, as a pig owner, as all these things, it's really difficult being a dog mom. And I can't even imagine the level of difficulty it is. I'm a dog and cat mom and soon to be human mom. I can't imagine the level of emotional, like, you know, work it takes for you to be able to just like handle all of these cases and do all these things. And you mentioned you're really great in a crisis, but is there, are there ways that you have learned to kind of be able to deal with these difficult medical situations, behavioral situations that come through? Like how do you tackle those? Take care of you. How do you take care of you? (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I am lucky. I have an amazing support system and they all see my life online. So they all know exactly how I'm doing because I'm pretty transparent. I know exactly why you feel the way you feel because you posted it on Instagram. Yeah. If you don't post, it's like, where are you? Yeah, That's that's also true, which also is kind of a double-edged sword sometimes. Right? (laughs) I can't brave the world. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, what's funny. So, so since I share my life online, people are always watching. So I have this one neighbor who's a sweetheart and she'll just drop off like fresh cooked food on my doorstep when when I get like like, I saw you're having a bad day here's some cookies for you like I saw you have nine puppies here oh my god you know wow so so that's very sweet but you know um I mean obviously you guys know this but our dogs are so sensitive to our energy Mm -hmm. levels and and when things get chaotic for us and when I feel stressed or like I know my household is not the ideal place for every dog so yeah. I, I'll know, like, I'm not the person for this dog. If the dog needs just, just total time to decompress, doesn't want to be around other dogs. Like I'm not the best fit for, for every dog. Um, but you know, one thing that happened actually pretty recently was I was doing leaning into a lot of dog rescue this, the past, the past month I did a ton and my household was getting like a little bit too chaotic. Normally yeah. I have so many systems in place and areas and, it it doesn't feel that overwhelming, but my, I could tell that my two French Frenchies were were getting overwhelmed, they and they were stressed, starting to yeah. do things mm. that they don't normally do. Ah, yeah. Um, and and so it was a big wake up call for me. To I think a lot of the times, like we expect our dogs to change or to correct mm. their behavior, but yes. like we don't actually take responsibility, and we're like, it's no, so that's actually not fair to them. I yeah. need to change too, and so. Yeah. I literally was like, okay, I'm completely rearranging my entire month. Like I'm not doing any, uh, like I'm not traveling. I, I need yeah. to stay here. I, I was had a whole film crew in my house to do a big commercial shoot. Like it was 
I had all these dogs coming. It was too much, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a constant check-in process where you have to like really be able to read your dog's energy and, and check in with your animals and be like, okay, what's working, what's not working. And so this month I was like, okay, I'm not traveling. I need to stay home. There are plenty of other things I can work on and I'll do puppy rescue because the puppies Mm -hmm. are so little, like they're just blobs. Right. That doesn't, you, you know what, you can tell what's adding additional stress to your dogs, especially when you're like having to merge personalities and things like that. And I think that's, such a really great like I'm gonna I'm gonna mental note that like checking in every so often of not just true. with yourself but also like with your dogs and like how they're feeling how they're adjusting to the changes in your life and I know like I'm gonna be having a baby soon and I'm gonna oh, have yeah. to like not just think about like all the things that I'm stressed about but I have to think about like how do my dogs feel about this how do my cats feel about this and so that's something that's that I need to I'm I'm logging in my brain for later for sure so I appreciate you sharing that Yeah. You know, what's funny too is um, pigs are actually, it's a big thing with people who have babies who have pigs at the same time. The pigs get extremely upset because, you know, pigs actually have the intelligence level of a three-year-old human child. Interesting. They're the fourth smartest animal. So they're actually even smarter than dogs. Um, And they're incredibly emotionally complex. So I, there was a rescue call. Um, I actually, this was, this was not, to me, this was to my my pig mentor. You're like, I got a dog person, so I got a pig person, I got no, an alpaca person. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. You're I do have an alpaca pig. person. <laughs> I do <laughs> have an alpaca person. Yeah. Um, I love that none of these people have names, but they definitely have titles. <laughs> alpaca yeah. person. <laughs> it's a very important title to have very in my life. People. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like my family and then my alpaca person. My right? people. My people. <laughs> but she had her baby and she was in the nursery and the pig chewed through the drywall to get <gasps> into the nursery. Oh my gosh. She chewed through the yeah, the wall. Oh, that's made terrifying. A they put a couch to block it and then it chewed through the couch. Why? And yeah. I, so yeah. Wow. Jeal- like a jealousy. Very, like I wanna be there jealous. too. I, I wanna wow. be in the room too. Yeah. Well, honestly, like baby cries are kind of similar to like pig screams and cries, right? So <laughs> let's hope not, Amber. Get yourself some earplugs. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. Man, yeah. Maddie, you are just like such an inspiration. There's so much and, information like, here. I like could talk to you all day. I wish we had all day to talk to you. Um, but I just wanted to ask you before we wrap this up, do you have any future goals or things that you're working towards? right now like any anything that you're hoping to on the horizon yeah yeah like for for your little farmily that's right not so little yeah Yeah, big farmily (laughs) um I'm you know I'm pretty happy where I'm at I would love to be able to um lean into more children's book writing Hmm. um I think that would be really sweet um, I really love then, hearing that, by the way. Just finish your thought there. But I, I was love thinking the said, same thing. I was like, I like, love that you're like, I'm happy where I'm at. Like, that's, that's the something best that we in the constantly world. like yeah. ping pong back and forth is like, we're, we're in a state of like never truly being happy where we're at. And I just like, God, that's so much, it yeah. feels so good. But please continue that thought. I just wanted to say like, I really, really commend that. Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a place where I just have a lot of balance in my life. So mm. I think I kind of want to keep doing a little bit more of all of the things that I'm doing and then sort of just see what comes. I don't know. I'm feeling like very open-minded and very That's open-hearted, great. but at the same time, yeah, I just feel very very grateful and very peace where I'm at. That's yeah. awesome. That, well, that's, um, when, that's when big things happen sometimes. That's true. If you, if you want it to happen. That's but right. I mean, honestly, your animals are like the luckiest animals oh, in the entire so world. Like, oh, that's the best. Gosh, it's amazing. It's, it's yeah. amazing. I love watching everything you do. Oh. And making a huge impact. I mean, the following you have, but the people you're impacting, people that would have never even like thought about even caring for a pig before, you know, and now look yeah. at you, you open the hearts of so many. I can't wait to yeah. see what's coming down the pike and on all the animals that you're bringing. I know. Up. I love watching like your little rescue stories and like all the little puppies and all kittens and <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so happy when you had cats in your house for a little it's bit. Okay. And, she was, and look how beautiful she is. Girl, if I was coming in after having a farm, lady, my, I, would have, I would have straw sticking out of my hair, be like, what? I haven't oh, shaved in weeks. Sometimes that, that does happen. I went to a karaoke bar the other night and I had hay fall out of my pocket. When I stand up. Okay. I also need you to like tell everybody about your car situation before we let you go. Cause I've car seen you situation. put, I've seen you put 
most insane things. Like, okay, go. I'm gonna let you tell this because I, this I is- think Alexis is like has a following of her own now. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> my poor car has. I mean, honestly, it's impressive. I've had a baby cow in there. I've I had to fit my llama in there. Is this the like a day. sedan or an SUV? What are we talking here? It's a, it's, it's not a, the size of Chrissy's car. It's much. It's like my size car. Oh, it's, it's a sedan, like a four door, yeah. like a little four door, or yeah, is it like a, a compact it's SUV? Like a hatchback, right? No, it's a four door. It's okay. an SUV. Okay, um, good. Okay. RX 350. It's like very, it's getting old. They, it's like 10 years old. Isn't but, there like um, a weight limit to those things? <laughs> I don't know, but I went to go, I had to, so basically, yeah, the, the Lexus is, I mean, honestly, iconic at this point. It's like had so many farm animals in, oh in it before. Um and never has failed me once. Uh, I did get a flat tire one time with a cow in my car, oh my and AAA came. <laughs> I was like, I can't get the spare because it's under the cow. And I'm like, well, this is a first. Do you know <laughs> why? There's like no <laughs> hole in the tire. I wonder how this happened. You're like, just check inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So always an adventure. Um, I'm sure I'll get a rescue. Maybe that's what I should have manifested: is getting yeah, a rescue right. vehicle. <laughs> that would be. I think Lexus needs to make a commercial with you guys. I think you've pretty much I tested know. the extent of their line of vehicle there. Lexus, come sponsor Maddie and Living with Pickles. Oh my gosh, I that's know. hilarious. That would be iconic. Yeah, so maybe that's what I should what I, yeah, I should make. Yeah, oh my gosh, this is too funny. Um, yeah. Well, Maddie, this has been so much fun and I know that like you're going through a lot with your dog Doodle right now too and so oh, we're all yeah. like, we're like sending you prayers with her and like I'm, I'm following all her updates. Um, I'm sure our listeners will understand that too i know you're trying to get her like a wheelchair right now and something yeah i would because she's just she, nothing is terrible is wrong with her she's just she's turning 15 this year she's a girl yeah, i mean that's like that's amazing a, that's such a that's good impressive age, <laughs> oh yeah no i'm so grateful i've gotten all these years with her and she's really happy but i just see her slowing down so the other day i, I uh, we'll see if they work or not i got her those grip socks yes that yeah. helps them stand up you know i don't know if you guys have any good they ones sell the stickers them. too they go right on the bottom of the feet they just stick to their pads do those work so. you think yeah, I mean, I've used them before. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll try those. I'll do anything. Might, yeah. Might be good. <laughs> yeah. We'll do anything for our Just in case they know yeah. the sock and I chew at the sock and, you know, maybe yeah. it's something that she can learn to ignore. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Any senior trying. dog mom tips and tricks? Yeah. Open to those two. Just message I'm, I'm, to I'm me. right there with you. I'm right there with you. But oh, I yeah. mean, you're 15. I'm at 12 right now. So you're yeah. doing an amazing job. Um, And can you give our listeners and audience, can you let them know like where to find you and also if they're interested in checking out your really adorable book all that stuff can you kind of give them the the rundown yeah everything you can find on on instagram at living with pickles or facebook but i use instagram as my primary platform i have tiktok too it's all the same handle but i mostly just use instagram um and the the book is called how how tickles save pickles Awesome. It's all photographs, um, real photographs of the pigs, and it's it's very sweet. So you can get that on on Amazon. Um, Awesome. Awesome. You're you're an inspiration to us all. I wish I had the the means to be able to have as many animals as you do, but I'll live vicariously. I'll live vicariously through you. (laughs) I love watching your videos. It's so inspiring. I mean, oh, thanks. We yeah. have a good time. We're all so out much. here just yeah. trying to give our our pets a better life for sure. I love yeah. that having you on here. And thank you so much. Like now that I know more about your story and have di- like gone deeper, I can't wait to watch your adventures moving forward. And oh look, there's the book. If you're listening, we're actually looking at the book right now. You can mm-hmm. grab it off of Amazon. Oh, it looks great. I have a daughter. I'm definitely going to be getting myself a copy of That's this. That's the her. cutest thing ever. Oh, but well, it's well thank you special. so much, Maddie. This was just like such an awesome little chat with you. We could chat with you all day, but we don't have all day. But I just really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and telling us all about the adorable tickles family yes i know thank you maddie (laughs) thanks for coming on thanks guys thanks maddie all right so this question is actually from a friend and uh, i know she has three big dogs and a newborn baby so it's a great question her name is christy and she says can you train your pets while all together or should you train them separately one-on-one and i know that with both of us having multiple pet households. We have lots of experience with this. So Chrissy, why don't you start us off and uh, answer this question first? I think it's a great one. I like to se- I like to do separate, especially if I'm teaching new behaviors. But I will say I, I let them watch because you'd be surprised how much they can learn from watching the other dog. And so I like to have them be nearby to watch. But if I'm working on impulse control, before I add in the distraction of all the other dogs, mm-hmm. 
I like to work them separately until I feel I've gotten to a place where that dog understands my cues and my, you know, what I'm purposefully trying to teach that dog and then incorporate distraction, including other dogs. But I do like them to watch because I find that like, and I've learned more of that, like they, they see, oh, that's what we're doing now. And then if I bring them out to work on the same behavior, you'd be surprised how they're like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. Yeah, totally. And it depends on like your household and your dogs and their level of their training too. Because like if you have two, you know, really established dogs and then you have a young dog coming in, you're probably going to want to spend more time training the young dog and your two older dogs can sit and watch. But it might be a little bit harder for your younger dog to sit and watch the other dog uh, getting training. And so you want to make sure you have some sort of management techniques in play, such as crates or Um, I know we both use like climb platforms to put our dogs up on while we're training the other ones, or you could even even leash and tether the other dogs while you're training one-on-one. But I do think that one-on-one training is so important to start off with so that the dog actually, and she says pets, I have cats, right? So if I, if I have all of my pets loose, when I'm training the dogs, the cats will be like right involved and like on top of me. So I have to create my cats if I'm going to be training my dogs because the cats will be interrupting the training session every 20 seconds. So um, it's important to know if you are training a specific behavior, you want to get that behavior trained with your pet one-on-one. You don't want to be training a new thing to your pet, your dog, your puppy with all of them there because you're not going to be able to focus all of your attention on that's that, right. You're going to be worried behavior. if the other one's still staying. Is that one still mm-hmm. laying down? And I like to use their names so that they really learn when they are working together. I'm talking to Beasley now and they know to wait and they've learned that Beasley does not mean Fuji or Darby or Whidbey. And it's funny, I've actually developed like a cumulative word and Fuji's still mm-hmm. working on it, but you know, I'm lucky I have all boys, so it's easy. But if I say, if I say, <laughs> say boys, boys, I do, if I say boys spin, they learn that like, that's a collective move together, which is something that I find is really cool. So they know when I say boys, it's like everybody's in this together and that's kind yeah. of a neat way to start kind of bringing them together in our training. Yeah, my household, I don't have a name I can really use yet. I've got boys and girls and cats. Zoo, the zoo. <laughs> Speaking of zoo. Yeah, exactly. We a, yeah, we've learned of other zoo today. <laughs> That's very true. But yeah, I think it's a great question. And it's something that like when you have multiple pets, it can be tricky to kind of train them all together. It's ideal if you are training them together to, like Chrissy said, like say their name, like Darby's turn, Beasley's turn. For me, it's Oakley's turn. Now it's Tucker's turn. Now it's Whiskey's turn. The cats want it to be their turn every time. So I I have to be very clear with the cats, especially. Um, but set up set yourself up for success. Start off one-on-one if you can with some management techniques and then slowly integrate them together and start training them together, especially when you have things that you know you want them all to wait at the door. Teach that behavior first one-on-one and then start adding the other pets in because once you have the extra pets in, you might notice that the behavior can fall apart a little bit. So be patient. And I think that was a really awesome question and we can really relate to that too. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Dog Moms Podcast. We hope you guys loved hearing from Maddie as much as we loved chatting with her. She is just such an inspiration and the story of pickles and tickles. Oh my gosh, it just warms my heart. I was really trying not to cry. Oh, I know. I, did you I see really, me? My, I, I was, was like, tearing ah. up. If if you watch this show, you're going to see us tear up. If you're listening, we were pretty close. Um, But yeah, thank you, Maddie. This is uh, Living with Pickles. You can find her across all social media platforms. And she's got, uh, you know, we're going to put a link into our landing page here for the dog moms. But you can go ahead and buy her book right off of Amazon. It's How Tickles Saved Pickles. It is a true story. And it includes actual photos of them, which I think is really cool. I have a six-year-old daughter. I'll probably be using it. So thank you again, Maddie. Again, check out Living with Pickles and see how maybe you can help her along her journey as well or start something of your own. Yes. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. If you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you leave us a review, a subscribe. Let us know what you think of the podcast. If you leave us a great review, you'll help other people hear inspiring stories like the one that we heard today. So we really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and that you'll tune in next week for our following episode. That's right. Be sure to check us out, dogtv.com slash the dog moms. And you can just record your stories, which is so cool, right from mobile. But until next time, stay positive and have a wonderful day with your furry friends. Like we always say, go outside, spend some time with your dog or pet or pig and enjoy that moment with your animal. That's all they want to do with you. And we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye guys. Dog moms, dog moms.